This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 2074, Managing Rejection-Sensitive Dysphoria in Your Relationship, by Sarah Stanitsai of ProspectTherapy.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome to a brand new week of ORD. I'm Greg Audino, your host and narrator, with you each and every day to share content that can help you build better relationships in your life. Today is no exception, so let's dive into this post from Prospect Therapy as we optimize your life. Managing Rejection-Sensitive Dysphoria in Your Relationship by Sarah Stanitsai of ProspectTherapy.com You may be familiar with the term rejection-sensitive dysphoria, RSD. It's not gender dysphoria or being a highly sensitive person. If you spend any time on mental health channels on social media, you know these words can all start to sound the same. What is rejection-sensitive dysphoria? Rejection-sensitive dysphoria, or RSD, is an emotional response to the perception of rejection or criticism, which can be more intense for individuals with ADHD or certain neurodivergent traits. It goes without saying, then, that RSD can have a huge impact on relationships. It can manifest as hypersensitivity, fear of abandonment, and emotional volatility. Unfortunately, these can be easily confused with attachment issues, personality disorders, even abuse. It is crucial for parents to recognize that RSD is not a character flaw, but a neurobiological response. Rejection-sensitive dysphoria can significantly impact relationships, causing emotional turmoil and strained connections. However, with understanding, communication, and a few proactive strategies, managing RSD within your relationship is possible. Managing RSD with open communication and empathy The foundation of any healthy relationship is effective communication. It is important to explicitly define what effective means for you. It will likely look different from what you've generally seen or heard in the media, from your family, or your friends, whether you're neurodivergent or not. When dealing with RSD, open and honest conversations become even more vital. Open may mean you hold on to your opinion until the other person is done. Yes, even if they take a long time. You pay attention to your nonverbal communication and be open if the other person challenges it. You find out how to show that you're listening to understand, rather than listening to react. Honest may mean that you are more direct than usual, even if it causes you discomfort. Remember, kindness is different from niceness. Having enough empathy may not be an issue for you. In fact, if you experience RSD, you may be overly empathetic, because you know how painful rejection can be. In those cases, you may need to regulate or take breaks from the discussion to practice tolerating that discomfort. Practice not trying to fix the problem just to make the discomfort go away. That feeling is likely telling you something important, and you want to listen to it. Remember, empathy is not about solving the problem, but about understanding and validating each other's emotions. Figure out which of these may work for you, and then practice them to see if you are right. The best time to talk about these subjects is not when you are in the midst of a disagreement. Maybe it feels awkward to discuss what openness, honesty, and empathy mean to you, but you will have the best chance of getting on the same page if you bring it up briefly when you're not upset. Developing Coping Mechanisms for Managing Rejection Sensitivity Coping mechanisms play a crucial role in managing RSD within a relationship. When I say coping, I don't mean pretend it doesn't exist and cover it up with date night or self-care. 
I mean understanding how it functions for you or your loved ones, and find ways to fit it into your life. Together, identify triggers and develop strategies to minimize their impact. This could be code words, routines, bringing up those little annoying things in the moment rather than wincing and ignoring it until next time, agreeing on boundaries around privacy, who knows about it, timing, how much time we need to process and whether we need to be alone or not. The list goes on. Establishing these boundaries can help create a sense of security and reduce the fear of rejection. Regularly check in with each other about your emotional well-being and adjust coping mechanisms as needed. Think of coping mechanisms as ground rules for how you interact. Again, sometimes we think these are implicitly understood, but we don't realize that we may have been following bad models this whole time. So my advice is to give yourselves permission to make up your rules on your own. Seeking support when it comes to rejection sensitivity. Managing RSD is a journey that requires support from each other. You can work on things on your own and then share those findings with your loved one. But you may get there faster if you work together. Having regular check-ins doesn't have to be a dreadful habit. You can make a ritual around it and enjoy the process. And don't forget that those check-ins are also about the things that are going well for your relationship. The role of a neurodiversity-affirming couples therapist. Yes, you should rely on yourselves and not those old role models that don't make sense for you. But sometimes you still may want outside help. That is when a neurodiversity-affirming couples therapist can be incredibly beneficial. Yes, we understand attachment and parent wounds and codependency, personality disorders, and narcissistic abuse. We also understand when that is not what we're seeing. And perhaps you have a way of relating that doesn't fit into any of those categories. In other words, we don't reject one for the other. Haha. <laughs> we look at your relationship holistically over a period of time, and we pull from a variety of tools to help you. The difference is, we look through an ND-affirming lens. So we see things that other therapists don't. Most therapists will say that they don't use a one-size-fits-all approach. And they're right. You may want to make sure that they are not centering neurotypical communication standards or emotional processing styles. A neurodiversity-affirming couples therapist can provide a range of support, including number 1. Education and validation. They help couples understand RSD and its impact on the relationship, validating the experiences of each partner. This validation can be transformative, fostering a sense of understanding and acceptance. In other words, you might be fighting about stuff that you don't have to fight about. Number two, communication enhancement. These therapists facilitate effective communication techniques specifically tailored for neurodiverse individuals. They offer tools and strategies for expressing emotions, navigating conflicts, and building stronger connections. Number three, coping strategies. A neurodiversity affirming therapist can help couples develop personalized coping mechanisms to manage RSD. They work collaboratively to identify triggers, explore individual needs, and implement strategies that promote emotional well-being. And number four, relationship strengthening. These therapists focus on building resilience and connection within the relationship. They help couples identify and celebrate strengths, fostering a sense of mutual support and empowerment. Remember, finding the right therapist is crucial. Look for professionals who have experience working with neurodiverse individuals and prioritize a neurodiversity-affirming approach. With the guidance and support of a skilled couples therapist, 
you and your partner can navigate RSD in your relationship with greater understanding and resilience. Seeking support is not a sign of weakness, but a proactive step towards growth and understanding. Practice patience and understanding in your relationship. Living with RSD can be challenging, but with patience and understanding, partners can navigate it together. Recognize that RSD symptoms may fluctuate, and it's essential to offer support during difficult times. Celebrate the small victories and acknowledge the progress made, reinforcing a positive environment. Remember, managing RSD is an ongoing process, and with love, patience, and understanding, you can build a stronger, more resilient relationship. Managing rejection-sensitive dysphoria in your relationship requires open communication, empathy, and the willingness to support each other. By understanding the impact of RSD and implementing coping mechanisms, you can create a nurturing environment where partners feel heard and valued. Seek professional support only when needed. Together, you can navigate the challenges of RSD and build a stronger, more connected relationship. You just listened to the post titled, Managing Rejection-Sensitive Dysphoria in Your Relationship by Sarah Stanitsai of prospecttherapy.com. And be sure to stick around for my commentary right after this. And thank you to Sarah for this post. Managing RSD in relationships can be very, very difficult, yes. But it's super important to focus on that open communication and empathy, just like she said. And if you listen to the show a lot, you probably know this is highly important anyway, whether or not RSD is present. When you are open in talking, it means really listening to your partner, not just waiting for your turn to speak. And when a lot of feelings have gone unspoken or welled up, it can be particularly challenging to do this. But it is key, especially for someone with RSD, because it helps them feel safe and understood, instead of worrying about being rejected or judged. So, it's all the more important to have that routine in place, as Sarah suggested. Why? Because those routines surrounding healthy communication on our own terms remind us that we are on the same page, they help us to talk through troubles as they're happening as opposed to bottling them up, and they make it commonplace to talk through feelings in a way that suits the needs of both partners. But that's going to bring us to the end of today's episode, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in and starting the week off right with us. Enjoy your day, think about what you've learned and how to apply it, and be sure to come on back and join us for more ORD tomorrow, where your optimal life awaits.